The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello and welcome to New York Talk. We are still top of the league after the Friday night draw at Huntwing Athletic. Um, there's plenty to cover from that game, to be honest with you. Um, and also, we have another look ahead, another game, uh, as Morecambe come to New York Stadium for the first time in nearly 10 years. Um, so thank you all for joining us. We'll go through who's with us in a moment. Michael is with us. Hello. Technical Hello. difficulties. You finally got here successfully. I'm a boomer, mate. I'm a boomer. Correct. I can't. I can't operate all this stuff. It's way beyond me. Okay, and Ben, it's a pleasure to have you back. You escaped Hello. London before the storm hit, didn't you? Yes, thankfully. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. And Danny is back with us as well. Thank you for joining us, Danny. Hello, everybody. Um, I'm sorry to do this for the second podcast in a row, but I just want to pay. A little tribute to my grandma, and it would have been her birthday today. And she was the one that put, um, sort of pushed my mum, me and my mum, to go to the playoff final in 2018. Um, she was very ill at the time, and we were a bit 50 50 whether to go or to stay and look after her. And she went, No, you two go, you two enjoy yourselves. Um, and yeah, it would have been her birthday today. And I believe she would have been 90, 90, possibly 91. Um, so yeah, but she obviously passed away a few years ago. So happy birthday today! Birthday, thanks, Grandma. Um, we have loads of people with us. Thank you. Gab Grundy is with us, his brother Scott's with us, John Inslet with us, the YouTube users with us, Baza, Paul Brook, Tip Top, Reese Kelly. There's so many people here. Thank you all for joining us. If you are on YouTube, Facebook, and if you're already listening as well, you are just as valuable to us. We don't mention your names, obviously. Um, but you are just as valued. So let us talk about the game. James Davis is with us, says, and I've taken a point before kickoff, but honestly felt we were the better t- better side overall day onto the next one. Um, interesting, Mick, because I thought we really struggled. 
I thought we struggled to get into the game. We struggled to get, and, 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 uh, except about five minutes after Rathbun scored, I thought it was all really difficult for us. And Wigan made it very difficult for us. Yeah, we were a bit of a disappointment, if I'm honest. Um, well, they were, weren't they? Let's be fair. You know, they've obviously got some quality players. They're obviously capable of playing some good football, and they did in patches. Um, but it did seem that they, they, they did they did come to spoil rather than to play. You know, I think they were happy with the draw. The, the, the way that they performed subsequent to our equaliser proved that they were happy with the draw. I think they came for the draw. Um, and, you know, a bit disappointed, if I'm honest, if I'm entirely honest, although they're clearly the second best team in this division. Mm. Yeah, I know what you're saying. I, I thought I thought that, that was a bit of a compliment to us, though. Saying basically they came and set up to strangle Barlasser to not give many seconds on ball, mm. put so much pressure on our back three, which we'll talk about in a bit more detail. But they put so much pressure airily on our back three. They were, they were, I was really impressed with them. Um, defensively, they were all right, but I don't, again, I don't think we troubled them too much defensively. Um, yeah, that, Danny, that, that's what I got from it that they, they did come spoil. But again, that's just a compliment to us. They're second best team in the league, and they're coming to us saying, "Oh, we're not going to win this game." So, in a normal way, so let's just try and spoil it. Yeah, I think um, coming to the top of the league to not win, just to not just to not lose, really. I think that's how they set up. Um, and I do think their first goal was a little bit smash and grab. Um, anyone who's watched the vlog, thank you, first of all. But also, you can see that their goal was onside. I mean, we all. We all basically the second phase it. one. The second phase was the second phase yeah. that should never have happened. Yeah, yeah the, the second one. phase yeah. was, but the first phase mm, that's still got question marks on it. But right. the second phase where he's come back onside from his offside position, she mm. was playing him on. But again, smashing grab, they've gone for 20 yard, 25 yard strike, and they've nailed it. Now, I'm not too sure if Humphreys is uh, well known for doing strikes like that. We know that Rathbun is, or at least taking them on and trying them. I think um, the commentary got it. I can't remember which commentary it was, whether it was EFL or the Wigan commentary, saying it was more of a hit of frustration. It's like, no, it wasn't. Rathbun set himself perfectly for that goal. <laughs> Behave. Um, but yeah, in the first half, I would say Wigan were the better side. They went out to frustrate us straight away. They did it very well. And I think we didn't really kick ourselves into a proper high gear until probably 50 55 minutes and that's when the ball really started rolling you could say well, hang on we could score from this got a little bit lucky with um their goal getting disallowed because it was a soft foul on vickers i will say it was soft on him it is it is a foul i will say but it were a soft one no. it's one of them capable <laughs> protection sort of fouls no. uh, and, then, and then two minutes later we've scored we've scored afterwards so that's like anyway um, <laughs> oh, I, I, Danny, I, me and you, mate, we're going we're gonna to have some fun tonight. <laughs> well, well, what I will say, just to back up any argument you've got, the ref are atrocious. I'll start by oh, saying we'll that. come on to him. <laughs> we will come on to Mister. We'll come on to Jezza later on. He can have his own section later on, definitely, because Jesus, he was bad. Yeah. Um, let's let's start with giving Wigan some credit and mix to come spoil Ben, but let's give him some credit. Humphreys and McGuinness who be two strikers, and I thought they marshaled our defence really, really, really well. They didn't give any of our defenders a second. I thought Humphreys was one of the best players on the pitch. 
even with his goal, I thought I thought it was a constant menace. Um, and I, I, although Mick made a I can I can put to see what they were trying to do, and it almost worked. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That Humphreys was for me. That Humphreys was the only threat. And I think when we, when mm. he went off, there was, it was it was guaranteed they weren't going to score again. In my opinion, I agree with because that. he was the only threat. Um, yeah, I mean, they weren't that good. I thought I don't know how they're second. If I'm being honest with you, I'm guessing that's not how they play every team because we're obviously the best team in the league according to the league table. And I think they tried to Wickham us. That's, that's, that's the game. Are we doing that? They, they yeah. are Wickham, but with much better well, players. Well, <laughs> they can do it because they can get because they've got someone like Humphreys who can, mm. you know, nick you a goal and then sit back like they did and take advantage of the referee not doing all, which I'm sure will come on to. But yeah, they weren't that good. I'm being okay. fair. Uh, I, th- I, th- well, I think. Oh, I mean, maybe what I'm trying to say is tactically. I think the way they set up was good. In, yeah, they, yeah, they, we, uh, we didn't... they did a job in us tactically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Only Humphrey shone from a, from an individual performance, but as a unit, I thought oh, they did 100%. really well. Mm. Um, well, yeah, they did really well in their what they for their plan. Yes, yeah. they executed their plan. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, they did. Um, Mick, agree. Oh yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah. Boring, isn't it? And it is. I, I don't want my team to go anywhere, play like that. I don't. I just don't. I, I, I'd take a loss. I'd take a defeat as soon as having to having to to play those sort of tactics. It's just boring. It's just garbage, and it shows for me a lack of confidence in your own ability. You know what? Essentially, what you're saying is, what? I don't think I'm good enough to beat you. So all I'm going to do is try and spoil the game and hopefully nick one. Well, that's it worked. Just, that, yeah, it worked. Yeah, absolutely. It worked, it worked for Wickham. It worked for Wickham. So it worked for Wickham. It, as it well. worked absolutely. for Wickham, and they got a point. So it's almost yeah. worked for other teams as well against us. Listen, I'm not, arguing for us. I'm not arguing it's a valid tactic. I'm saying I don't like it. You know, people use it. Whatever. It, for me, it just it's an indication that you're not good enough to beat beat the other team fair and square at the game that you're supposed to be playing. Mm. Yeah. Uh, whatever. Uh, you know, it's it, a tactic, isn't it? It's a tactic. Yeah, of course mm. it is. It yeah. Is. I, yeah. I, listen, I agree. Of course it is. I'm not being critical. I know it sounds like I am, but I'm not being critical. You know, if that's how you want to play and, and you're comfortable in, in your own skins doing that, that, and then that's entirely up to you. That's entirely your choice. For me personally, as a football supporter, I don't like it. I don't agree with it. But that's just me. That's just my opinion. I, yeah, I think I think, I, I think I think there's a difference when if you one nil up, I, I I can accept time wasting. We all, we we all, as opposition fans, you don't like it, but you sort of understand, right? If they're one nil up, their keeper's going to take twenty minutes to take a goal kick. Don't like it, but that's going to happen because the one nil yeah. up. When it got to one one and the eighty fifth minute, and they're still time wasting to a, a, a that's when it starts to become a bit like oh, I don't understand what you're trying to achieve. Really, that's I think that's what you're trying to say in it. Yeah, no, that, that's exactly it. That's exactly it. I mean, they were doing it at nil-nil, you know? Yeah, they were. Yeah. Essentially, go, going down, pretending to be injured until the referee asks if they want trainer on, then they say no and then get up, so that's wasted 30 seconds a minute or whatever. That's what they do. It's a it's a Wickham trick. It's, you know, whatever. If you like that kind of thing, mm. get on with it. Yeah. John Oxley well, makes a good point, uh, looking ahead a bit, but if we play Wigan in the Papa John's, we've got to come up with a different plan. 
um, which is potentially potentially a fair point. And if it's a one-off game, it doesn't matter, does it? We can try something different. Um, Wait, it's not a one-off game, is it? Because it's worked for Wickham. It's nearly worked for every other team that's tried to do it. So no, well, it's not no, a what one-off, I mean, is it? The final, if we get to the final, the final is a one-off game, so we can try something different. Because you don't want to lose three points over it, so we could try if if we play them in yeah, the final. Want, yeah, we still want to win it, cool. I know, but if we play like that against them in a, in a, there's a, if we allow them to impose their game on us again, which could happen, we're going to struggle. So we might try something. So like do you different. think that we should just try and play football around them? Do you think that's the plan against that? That's what we tried to do, but we didn't work, did it? For the most part. Well, for me, the tactic is what Cheltenham did and just make it a Sunday league game where it's balls up in air and make it scrappy. And it, hmm. Cheltenham scored five goals. Cheltenham scored we'll five goals. A bit. That was a great game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. Now, we, Wickham got what they were, what were coming to in that game, didn't they? But that's another story. Yeah. yeah. Um, Peter Carr, he thinks we gave them too much respect. Possibly, but I think that's maybe not giving them enough credit for the best performance, possibly. Um, <laughs> oh, in 04, just want to say I'm really happy we've got because Till big cheat and can see why Warren wanted rid of him. <laughs> and uh, the big question from Donna London, so thank you for joining us, Donna. Question of the day if Woody and Till had a fight, who would get knocked out and in which round? <laughs> so, going off the, off the on the boxing thing, Kel, we obviously Kel, who about this one, Ben? Who's Kelbrook? Who's who's Amir Khan? You know, who's who's comfortable uh, in it, or is it more t- closer than that? Well, Kel, Kelbrook's Woody, yeah. And uh, Amir Khan's tilt. I agree. It's not even yeah. close, is it? Not for me. No, uh, no. I genuinely thought for that more once for a brief second that Woody were going to go up and knock him out. I, I, anyone running towards him, <laughs> I just said, well, what, what, what are you doing? Um, yeah, I'm glad he didn't. It'd be a no contest, wouldn't it? It'd be a no contest because yeah. tilt wouldn't get his way into the ring, would he? He'd have fallen over before he got into the ring, so he'd fall <laughs> the ropes on his way in. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Joel Stone would have knocked out. It were interesting, Danny, because when you see players come back like that, nobody booed him because he, he might as well not sign for us. There was no real animosity from the crowd. But he was doing his darndest to wind everybody up. Woody, Smithy, he was really trying to get at our players. I was really, really surprised about that. I think it's more of a testament to his character and why he didn't really fit in at this football club. He's not one to like muck him with your mates and get the job done, <clears throat> which is quite evident. Because um, he thought he was the bee's knees in that defence. And out of the three of them, yeah, he was probably the best centre-back in their back three, which says a lot. Bear in mind, his fifth-choice centre-back when he was here. Um, but, yeah, he proper played the wind-up merchant. And it's like, mate, if that's what you're like when you've come here to play a football game, what on earth were you like at the training ground? Mm. You know, if you're like this here and you've clearly got something in your head about Woody and Smithy, like there's something about them that you don't like, so you've got, well, I'm going to try and wind them up, you know. Mm. There is something there that he doesn't like about them, which is probably why he never fitted in, and, you know, it's the whole, oh, I feel like I'm settled here at Wigan. I think it's more a case that he didn't get on with enough people at Rotherham. Mm. And, <clears throat> and, you know, I think um, it put in, it's point of fact that every manager does have a stinker of a signing in them. I mean, it's happened to Fergie at Man United and, and Klopp at Liverpool. And I think Tilt is going to go down as one of 
um, the strangest Rotherham signings ever. Signed from signed from Blackpool for hundred k, played once in two years, and then went to Wigan, and then went. Oh, I'm going to try and finesse everybody on the pitch. Do <laughs> one, you know. You say about there wasn't much fan the fan animosity towards him. It was from where I was sat. Good lord, and it was from me as well. <laughs> <laughs> but it but it brought themselves, didn't it? I don't think the start was the. I don't know. To start with, it wasn't on. But then, if mm. the way he carried himself, there was. Yeah, <clears throat> and definitely when he he tried to um, have a do with Woody, that's when mm. I think the scales tipped against him completely. Yeah, you know, it's like, oh, he's starting. You know, it's nice to know that he actually exists in football. Um, and then as soon as he starts knocking about with Woody and Smith, it's like, yeah, mm. you're not the sort of player we thought you were. Yeah. Um, and yeah, about end of it, it was getting booze and being called this, that, and other. Nothing racially motivated or anything like that. Just your standard uh, fan chatter towards a player, which um, which also happened to another player in the Wigan squad, which I'm sure we'll talk about in a moment as well. Um, but yeah, but long and short, until I think he has let his, himself down in terms of mm. his character. You know, we had him pegged as this other world defender who was like, oh, he's done a job, you know, in the Wigan squad. Maybe he could come back into our squad and and do something. But after seeing what he was like against it, it's like you had no intention of playing in this squad, mate. You you may as well have faked the injury coming back from the Jamaica squad because there was no intention to play for us. So I wish him all the best with Wigan. Um, and, yeah, we'll just draw a line at Sand and go. Ta-ra, bye. Yes, very much so. J-Boy, have I missed the rant about the officials because the linesman uh, next to the family stand was atrocious? You haven't missed it. That is coming up. Um, I thought we'd take a brief intermission from the game and talk about the sort of sad news of the, of the few former players and managers died over the past few days. Um, Mick, I'm going to refer to you because you you will remember both these in the before our times. But Millie McEwen, former player manager, player and manager, sorry, and Trevor Swift both passed away on the day. It was on Friday, basically. On Friday mm. and Saturday, I think. Mm. Um, start with Trevor Swift. You, when, we, when, when the news broke, you were gutted because you were one of your favourite players growing up. Yeah, as a kid, as a young lad, um, I used to love Trevor Swift. Um, I was very, very young when he played for us, but um, uh, I do remember him. Do remember him very well. A, a hell of a player, um, and it, it, you know, it's sad. It's really, really sad. Um, but that's <laughs> life, isn't it? You know, that's life. It's. Um, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to say really. I don't know what to say about Trevor Swift or Billy McEwen. I, I didn't realise Billy was was seventy. I didn't realise he'd, he'd, mm. he'd got to that that age. To be perfectly honest with you, um, so it's it's just it's yeah, it's sad, really sad. Mm. But well, that we'll pay. I'm sure we'll put all pay our respects to him at the game on Tuesday night. Um, Absolutely, and it'll be fully deserved. Uh, yeah, for both of them. Yeah, on the same night we were paying tribute to one of the League Cup finalists, Roy Lambert, as well. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So a strange, a strange day. Uh, Billy McEwen was the last manager to manage the club to a league title as well. So hopefully we can win it this year and sort of dedicate put it to his honour a little bit. Um, yeah. I think that'd be that'd be really really beautiful for us. Um, so let's well we normally do this, but this point sort of go well, let's look at the starting eleven. Let's talk about that a bit. But then. It was, we all knew what a starting level were going to be, really, didn't we? There were no surprises. We were like, oh, right, well, there you go. Yeah, I mean, it's, get, yeah. We haven't really got, got less than uh, 10 on Fanhub. I was just saying, anybody that yeah. got less than 10 on Fanhub, uh, you need to delete the app. 
<laughs> yeah, they're yeah, always going to be that. I mean, I mean, can you disagree with it, to be honest? I mean, who else are you going to play? <laughs> mm. That's it. Mm. No, who I else agree. are you going to play? I mean, Vickers and Johansson are probably the only people that you can uh, argue to also swap around. But, yeah. Mm. Same yeah. again on Tuesday for me. Probably will be, to be honest. Um, yeah, let's talk about the officials before we move on to the motor play. Um, Mick, again, Here people go. love a good Mick rant. Um, do you want to talk about the referee or the lineo first? Because they are two different conversations, unfortunately. Well, I mean, talk about them as a team, first of all. Um, it's the same team that refereed as away at Reading last season when they missed two offside goals. Let me get my snacks ready. Um, so so that's that's the first thing I would say. The linesman on the family stand side, I'm not convinced he's a linesman. I think he was just somebody's dad that volunteered to run line. Because um, he he was genuinely not interested. The, the lad wasn't interested. He wasn't bothered. Um, he genuinely didn't care what were happening on the pitch. He were, he were looking around him. He were watching the crowd. He was he had no no interest in the game at all. His body language was just, you know, I don't really want to be here. It's a bit cold and, you know. Um I get what Danny says about their first goal um, not being offside. He wasn't offside when he scored the goal, but he was offside in the run-up to it, as mm. per Reading of last season. Um, it should have been given. It wasn't given. But then we said it before the game, didn't we? You've got a championship referee, a championship refereeing team. You know exactly what you're going to get. You're going to get garbage because that's how they are. And they prove it week in and week out. Championship level, and when they when they drop down to our level because they've been found out for being crap, they end up we end up with them in League One, and they come down here and and just just do the same sort of thing. It's just it's embarrassing. It really is embarrassing. And, and I put that in the context of the other referees, some of the other referees that we've had this season that are not professional referees who've been excellent, absolutely excellent. We've had some real good quality refs. I accept we've had some duffers as well. But the vast majority have been excellent. But we know, because we were there last season, and hopefully we're going to be there next season, so we're going to have to put up with it every week next year. The referee, standard of refereeing, officiating, both refereeing and assistance in the Championship is as bad, is as bad as I have ever seen anywhere. Um, it, it really is. And, and, and since he proved that, didn't he, on, uh, on Tuesday night, just like his mate, the last home game we had whose name escapes me now. It's just yeah, I can't remember now. We get it, we get it all the time, don't we? We get it all the time. So you know, he got off, he got a couple of decisions right. The advantage that he played for Chio when Chio scored. Um, I I I am thinking with it, where's the advantage there? But obviously, um, Ollie Rathbone managed to score from it. But to be fair, it wasn't much of an advantage. It's about the only thing I think he got right. Um, and I know we'll disagree. I know Danny's going to disagree. And I've, I've seen some of the comments that some other people might disagree. That disallowed goal was a disallowed goal. No question. No ifs, no buts. It was a foul on the goalkeeper. And I, I'm, you're not going to convince me any any other way. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily disagree with Mick. I'm just saying it were a, <clears throat> it was soft. It's one of them right. where it's like, yeah. where it's like you know it's going to get given because it's, like, it's, it's a foul soft, on the keeper. Danny. It's not even soft. It's not soft. He's got mm. two... Two centre forwards have gone for the ball in inverted commas, right? Leading arms first into the face of the goalkeeper, and neither of them have got within six foot of the ball. Not one of them. 
both of them have taken the goalkeeper out. It is a foul on the goalkeeper. And the only good part about that is the fact that Josh Josh Vickers is not laid on the floor with a fractured eye socket like, Vickers, like mm. uh, Victor had last season because it was exactly the same sort of challenge. Foul, no question. And unless somebody's going to be able to show me some video otherwise, I, he got that right as well. Two things. The rest of it was just embarrassing. So he got a third thing right. Do you remember when, when Chio got fouled and the Lino didn't give the foul right in the corner? Because the Lino was having, a, having a drink, weren't he? We're just yeah, yeah, yeah. Turn around and talk to his laddie crowd. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. On on the foul, it's maybe one of those. If you go back a few years, it's probably not given in in modern day football. It's a foul every day of the week, and if it wasn't given, I would be furious. Um, I'll, tell, I'll tell you what. You know, if it had been the other way around and Smithy had gone in on their goalkeeper like that, he'd have been rolling on the floor, clutching his face, oh, crying yeah. like a baby. No question about it. Um, it's a foul. I'm not, you, yeah. can't, you can't tell me anything different. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was Championship referee again. And this is a problem. It's a problem we talked about last season, which one we talked Well, we will hopefully talk about next season. I have to talk about it in more detail because we'll be Championship referees. There is the story from the FL, well, the PGMOL, the, who run the referees, that they're talking about reviewing the standards in light of Championship refereeing this season. Um, <laughs> I just. I don't know what you could do. Stop making bad decisions. That's it. If they, if they, if they, if, they, if they could stop making bad decisions, they wouldn't make bad decisions in the first place. They're clearly just not very good at the job. Well, um, the first thing they really could do, Matt, the first thing they could do is to is to make the rules understandable for everybody. Because what they do is they'll change the rules at the beginning of the season and not give anybody any training. It would appear, or or they make them they make the lines blurred, so it's a bit of a judgment call. So yeah. every single incident is a judgment call. Well, you know, use your judgment, use your, use your discretion. No, it's a foul or it's not a foul. Don't make it difficult. You know, it's a handball if it hits your hand up here, but not if it hits it down here or if it's out there or if it's up there. You know, don't make it difficult. Make it clear. Mm. But they don't. They, they make the rules difficult to, to apply at, at the best of times. And then when you've got people who quite clearly, quite clearly lack competence, in, in 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 the to the levels that some of these people do, and possibly confidence as well. Yeah, yeah, it's just a recipe for disaster. It, it, it's a root and branch thing, and it starts with changing the rules of the game so that they're easily applicable and easily understandable. Don't yeah, flag well, for an offside until he goes football. But where is he going football or into going football? Well, he might have gone football. Well, yeah, I think he did. I'll tell you what, I'll flag now 10 minutes later when there's two players injured because they've had a, they've had a tackle further down the pitch. That shouldn't have happened because they were offside. Anyway. There's an issue with standard referee, and we talked about this last season, but it's worth mentioning again. The only professional referees in the country are Premier League referees and Champions referees. Below championship level, they're part-time. Now, the problem comes to me, if you've been a championship referee for, say, five seasons, what that means is you're not good enough to be in the Premier League. So if you're not good enough to be in the Premier League, why are you still being a, why are you still allowed to referee at, at a championship level? Because you're not good enough. And it's not like in football where you can have different levels of good. If you, know, you can be slightly better, so you've got a high league. It's, it should be a flat line. It should be a basic... I understand what you're saying, Mick, about, about rules being complicated at times, but Everybody should be as good as each other. There, there shouldn't be levels of, of goodness and, bad, and badness. And if and that's the problem. You get your Gavin Wards and people like that who are championship referees 
because the Premier League won't take them because they're rubbish. So we get stuck with them, and it's that's 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 your problem. Um, yeah, it's a problem that's going to, it's going around. It's not going to stop. Um, we have a good question from John Morell, which is an interesting and valid point. Question for Mick, as you're a fan of refs so far, does he support the FL's version of VAR or whatever it's called? VAR light is no. the word that has been used. What, is well, basically, what, the, what they're basically going to bring in is not offsides uh, and VAR for everything else, but with minimal camera angles. What's the point? I, I don't want to steal your thunder with this one, mate. But what the what the hell's the point in it then? <laughs> you know what I mean? If because yeah. right, right, the main thing VAR is used for in the Premier League is rescinding red cards and offsides. Right, the offside one is a very shaky line because the team they tend to factor in the big sides and like, oh well, his big toes offside, so we'll disallow the goal against you so you can win the game. But to bring it into the Championship with no offside, it's like. Well, why? What's point in you having it then? It's just to keep watching the game and go, oh, that foul were a bit suspect. Do you want to have a look at it again? Yeah. So that, that, that's the point where it should, <clears throat> like Mick said, it should be the line, like, that's a foul, that I, that isn't. That's a red card, that isn't. But the whole VAR light thing, it's it gives the referees that thing to fall back on. Which, if anything, is making referee de- refereeing decisions work. So it's like, well, if I get it wrong, I can go and have a look at it and then I can change my mind. Mm. You know, keep VAR in any form away from the EFL because that is something I cannot stand about Premier League football. If you're watching on the telly, great, fair enough, because you can actually have a look at, like, oh, where's the decision going yeah. to come from? But if you're in the crowd, no, you can't see anything. There's just a thing that appears on a screen that says VAR checking offside yeah. or checking possible penalty. It's like... Oh. And the thing is, we can't even hear the thought process behind the referees. They did a trial of it in Australia in their football league, and it was fantastic because the refs were mic'd up. You could hear the communication and they could say, well, I think that's a foul. Or you might, well, what do you think about it? Or I think this, that and other. And it was fantastic. And we understood every decision they were making. But in this country, it's a weird protection thing that they've got round them where the referees can just pick the flags up, pick the ball up, go back to changing room. And they can go, oh, I think we've done all right to that, lads. And then they can go home with no question whatsoever about what's happened. So I've made this point before on the podcast and I will make it again. Why can't we follow the precedent that rugby's set where, number one, we can hear what they're saying through the mic and if you're watching it on telly, and number two, why can't journalists ask them the question, excuse me, Mr Referee or Mr Simpson or whatever, why do you think that's a foul? You know, just give them 10 minutes in press room after the game and then you can say, right, 10 minutes is up, they're going home. Fair enough. Just give us the opportunity to say to them, why do you think that's a foul and this isn't? You know, it's more or less the exact same thing. What's your thoughts process behind it? It doesn't have to be malicious or anything. Just ask the question. And then by asking the question, it might make them go, oh, maybe I should, you know, be a bit more, you know, um, consistent with my decision making. You know, if I've given that, maybe I should give something similar. And it might actually help them improve through constructive criticism. But if you don't criticise them to the faces and you just write a report saying, I thought referee were a bit, were a bit rubbish today, He's not going to take that on board. He's just going to go, well, it's just their opinion. I thought I've done all right. But we need some sort of structure where instead of just changing the way the referee system operates, you know, like through restructuring of it or bringing VAR into it, let journalists and whoever ask the question to the referee, why do you think that's a foul? 
but do it in an environment where they won't get punished because as soon mm. as they're on about getting punished, they won't say anything. It's like when we've had um, players on the podcast and we've asked them about refereeing decisions, we all know they are, they are not allowed to ask, to answer it truthfully. Not, not in the way they well, want. Not 100% truthfully anyway, because the FA will go, oh, well, you're criticising referees, we're going to find you and ban you for three games and this, that and the other. But if you ask it in an environment where it is safe to do so, whether it's through journalists or a club official or whoever, then the referee can actually start saying, well, maybe I should start thinking about it more. Maybe I should try and improve my own game. But the whole thing around VARI, keep that away from the EFL. For the love of God, please keep it away. Well, anyway, make the floor is yours. Well, we, we, are, we are going to move on in a minute, but because it's, it is an important topic. Uh, this, and this is one of the key ones that gets said to me and other people a lot. St John's Church, sorry, lads. Each team officials debrief us after every game. Every game. Fine. That's right. That's right. I, I understand. Yeah. I know some referees. Uh, I, uh, that is 100% correct. All right, then why is it not improving performances? What, what, if, if I, so if you, if you're whatever job you do, if you're a police officer and you do something wrong, you are told what you've done wrong, you explain what you've done wrong, and you do it, you've got to improve it. And then if you don't improve it, if you continually do bad, make bad performances, you won't be a police officer for, officer for very long. But these guys, the question is, they're either being told, I oh, don't worry about it, mate, you've done a good job, we'll, we'll, we'll back you up, you're our mate. Or they're being told the rubbish and they're not not learning. Those are the two options. Um, so I don't no, accept the third one. But they're just rubbish. No, the the a players right. The goal of the game, the goal of football right. And it's actually, I think, I feel like it's decreased in the Premier League. But the goal of football is to now win free kicks. That's the goal mm. of football. It's not to score goals. It's to win free kicks and penalties. So when you've got, and I don't know, I said I swear I saw it in comments, but when you've got twenty two people trying to con you. Trying to con the referee, it's not very easy to do a job. And when you've got people diving left, right, and centre, you're having to make decisions that you've never had to make before because people are trying to con you 24 7. Do you know what I mean? And they're just waiting for you to slip up so they can scream at you. And, and people don't respect referees at all, by the way. Do you know if, if, if it's because, people don't it's because they're rubbish? Because, <laughs> yeah, because people are trying to call them 24 7, because people are diving left, right, and center. And the goal of, you know, as soon as someone gets in box, they're not thinking, I'm going to score. It's thinking, how can, I get some, how can I get someone to touch me? No, but that's why refereeing's bad, because everyone's diving. Because yeah, people aren't playing football, about, playing football to win free kicks. No, that's why refereeing's bad. What are you talking about? For, well, I don't sides. know about offside. That's poor linesman. No. Yeah, that's poor linesman. Yeah, not poor referee. Poor linesman. Well, the, the, they're all. It's a different conversation. Oh, but right. you can't do that. The goal. The reason why referees are bad is because players get the ball and think, "How can I make contact to I go down?" So referees well, feel like they have to make a decision. I think. I think yeah, the yeah. problem with that. The, the problem with that, Ben, is, and, and you're right. That's exactly what happens. Um, so don't give it and players will eventually stop doing it. What's happened is referees have made a rub for their own back in terms of these these um, giving fouls all the time because now, particularly championship level and above, the slightest contact, the slightest amount of contact... The tilt one. The tilt mm. one was a perfect example. The slightest amount of contact and it's free kick, mm. no matter what. And it's quite clearly quite clearly not enough contact to go down quite clearly 90% of the time with some it's of these contact players, sport is it not 
Exactly. So, yeah. so the, the, in that sense, they've made a ref, they've made a rub to their own back. But just to go back to John's question, people players still do it. Yeah, I know they do. But don't give them. Don't give the free kicks. Yeah, you'll get a load wrong. There are free kicks. Just don't give them, and eventually it'll stop. Mm. Going back to what John said about VAR, VAR like VAR full in the Championship, pointless. It's pointless. Like it's pointless in the champ in the in the Premier League. It is pointless because it's run by referees. So the people who are making the decisions or questioning the decisions on VAR are referees. And the referees have probably got a different view on how to implement the rules to the referee who's refereeing the game and the linesman who's, who's, who's assisting the referee. So that all these people have all got different view on how to implement these vague and vague rules and, and, and everything else. So it's just destined to be an absolute mess and, it, and it'll continue to be that way somebody until somebody gets hold of it by the scruff of the neck what was that referee back in day what was that referee back in day that bald one oh the italian might have been him that used to get him the him that used to get it back him that used to get players back that's what he was scared would you no people actually respected him yeah, Adrak says two Rotherham players did it as well. Evens, yeah, we're not saying we're not yeah. saying yeah, saying oh, we can. Wild the game. It's it, 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 this is this is enough about that. Um, so anyway, we could we could spend an hour talking about this, but we're not going to because we are thirty five minutes in and we haven't properly talked about Ollie Rathbone's strike, and it's <laughs> enough. So Ollie Rathbone, Ben, uh, I thought I thought the three or four players had good games on on Friday. Everybody else was either average or below. Rathbone, I thought, had a very, very good game. And the strike was as sweet as it's been, as sweet as it's done for us. Yeah, uh, I thought he played all right. Uh, it was a good goal. <laughs> I didn't really want him to shoot. I don't like people shooting from there. It's not the way I see the game playing, but he's a professional footballer and he scored, so I can't really argue with him. Okay. Do you think Humphrey should have shot as well? Did shouldn't have shot as well? Uh... No, because that was their tactic. They were never, they were never trying to build up, and you know they were. They had about two players forward, so they were never going to get the ball okay. anywhere closer to the net. Okay, <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. J- J- Jerry Simpson and Simpson, Ollie is a superb sign. He always works hard and deserves the goal. And yeah, Danny, he, he is exactly what we needed. He he's probably an upgrade on Lindsay, which is harsh on Lindsay, but he probably is. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's important to us. He showed that on the Wednesday game how important he is to us, and he just he just gave us the edge in the middle and helped gain back a little bit of ground in that midfield battle because we we struggled with that midfield battle on Friday. Yeah, <clears throat> I think we did. I think um, again it's part of Wigan's tactic. They were just wanted to frustrate how we played, but we took one of the very few chances where the pitch really did open up for us because the amount of space Rathbun's got when the mm. ball comes to him, he, he's virtually just sat on his own <laughs> in the middle of the pitch. And like I said earlier in the podcast, some people said it was a strike out of frustration. It really wasn't. You can yeah. see him calling for the ball. He then sets himself and then smashes it. And absolute thundercracker of a, of a, <laughs> of a strike. I was about to say something else then, but yeah, I'll stick the thundercracker. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it, I mean, he said on the interview afterwards that that's probably the goal of his career so far. Mm. Um, and I can 100% see why, because again, if you go and look at the vlog, I'm dead in line from where he hits it, and you'll see the entire f- flight of the ball, and it's like, 
a few people behind me did say, don't shoot, don't shoot. But as soon as he struck yeah. it, it's like, yeah, this is in, <laughs> surely. And yeah, great finish. Better than Humphreys. Mm. Oh, yeah. And it would interest me because before that, we, it was still a bit fly. I agree with you, we? we sort of took over the game in the second half, but it was took over to sort of nowhere. We were struggling to get any grip in the game. And mm. then as soon as that goal went in, those next five minutes, I thought we were going to, so I was convinced we were going to get another goal. Because it yeah. just, in the instant, the game changed, didn't it? Yeah, it did. It did. They, they lost the bottle a little bit, didn't they? Because, mm. yeah. you know, we upped our game significantly um, from that point. The crowd upped their game as well. Uh, it, you know, the atmosphere started to build. Uh, and the pressure started to build. So um, I, I think possibly, arguably, they were lucky to get away with that 1-1 mm. um, based on that that time after the goal. Um, mm. But it, it, they, they managed to settle it down, didn't they, and uh, and and slow it down and <laughs> waste a bit of time and just, just sort of take this thing out of it, which, you know, um, it is what it is, isn't it? But a great strike from from, from Oli Rathbone. Um and you watch it, watching the, watching the uh, the video back. We are watching the, the highlights. It it does look funny with the with the ref playing his advantage, pointing to the corner of the goal where. <laughs> where, where it's, it's, uh, it's almost as if the ball's gone past the referee and he's gone shoot there. We me me shoot there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, one of the things <laughs> Andrew Kelly Will Daniels posted I just see this uh, the ball was in play for about 39 mm. minutes mm. about the same as the Wickham game yeah referee didn't get a grip at game uh, we've already covered that uh, individual performances Steve Cooper Harding and Wood were our standouts now we'll mm. come on to West Harding <laughs> in a minute um, the Richard, one, Richard Wood mention is very controversial for me because we all love Richard Wood. I talked to him last week. I mean, he's a legend, but that was one of his worst games he had for us for, you know, in quite a long time. His headers were... He got dominated in the air. I don't, I, I, I actually, he was somebody else better. But every clearance he tried to do, it just didn't work. He just he just sort of skewed it left, right and centre. Um, he's still organised as well. And, and he's, I wouldn't, I'm not saying let's sack him for next game, but <laughs> he, for Richard Wood's standards, Ben, for, for his standards, he was, he was average at best. Yeah, he had a howler. He had an absolute howler. I think he, um, I think he made a few mistakes at the Wednesday game as well that nearly cost us a goal. But yeah, it wasn't that good. Uh, I think mentally and uh, what's the word? Emotionally, I guess he was good um, for the team mm. and just yeah. him being there and him being on the pitch and him setting that example is always good. But I mean, for him, individual performance, it was uh, what? Yeah. He had a howler, absolute howler, <laughs> yeah. in my opinion. Yes, he did. But but the man next to him, Danny Wes Harding, um, I love those moments where he just turns into Chio for, for, for a few <laughs> seconds, and just skins two or three players. Yeah. Um, but for the last month or two, Wes Harding, well, for most of the season, to fair, was an odd moment. It was brilliant on Friday. I thought it was. <clears throat> Yeah, I think so. And I know the exact manoeuvre you're referring to. <laughs> where he just picks the ball up on the left-hand side, does one, does another one. But it's just a shame that the final ball was mm. just pants, wasn't it? Um, I think they scored run... from it as well, didn't they? Or was uh, that it? I'm pretty sure they scored from it as well. I'm pretty uh, sure they scored from it. Which is amazing. Uh, anyway, but that, <clears throat> that run was fantastic. But again, with Woody having... A couple of stinkers, probably through no fault of his own. Probably just it's just a rut of form that mm. everybody goes through. 
Um, and I know Woody will be kicking himself about it as well. Yeah. But it just goes to show our defensive cohesion, where if one's having a stinker, the other two can pick up the pieces afterwards. Um, they can do well. Get an yeah. yeah. And, it, and like I say, it just goes to show, if one's having a, a stinker, the other two can pick up the pieces. And yeah. Woody is the man in the middle and he likes to marshal. Uh, the other two of them. So if he's keeping the defensive line strong, they can mop up with the actual football. Mm. Um, <clears throat> and I think that's why it hasn't completely cost us yet. Um, I say yet with touching wood and everything <laughs> that's wooden around me. But yeah, I think I think Woody with his performance yesterday just needs to go. I've had a stinker. Need to get out of it. Sharpish. Mm. I mean, he's got the experience to do that, and we all know that he will do that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Pardim properly turned into a prime Pele on that one <laughs> run, didn't he? It's just the final ball that let him down, which is a real shame. Um, but yeah, but our back line was marshalled really well, and I think Woody held his own against Curtis Tilt, so my money's on him for the rematch. <laughs> so, in a month's time. Yeah. Two months time. yeah. Um, talk about the strikers for a minute. I thought Mick Smith, Smithy didn't get a look in. But again, I don't necessarily blame him. It was, it was completely, it wasn't marked out of the game. He was ragged out of the game. Mm. Um, they really did do a job on him. But I want to keep some praise on Freddie. I know Freddie didn't score. And I know probably second, certainly second half, he didn't get, get he didn't get a chance to do anything. But I thought in the first 20 minutes or so, he put himself about a lot. And I thought his work rate was exactly where it needed to be. All right, it didn't pay off. But the work rate's there. And that's what's important. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. For first half. Um, and th- this is the thing with Eddie in it. This is the thing. Uh, if if things run true to form and he plays on Tuesday night, he'll have a shocker. If it runs true to form, you know yeah. we've seen it and we've seen it and we've seen it on a number of occasions whereby you know he's, he, he he gets dropped out of the side, he comes back in, he puts a shift, in, he really works hard, he closes players down, he starts getting his goals, things improve for him, then he goes off boil and gets a bit lazy again. Um, mm. Plays for half a game. Then, then he plays for not just don't play at all. Um, I suspect that's where we're going to be. I hope I'm wrong, and I hope he'll keep that level up because he's a good player. Mm. It's so so frustrating that you know he's got the ability in front of goal, you know, he's got the speed, the power, the aggression. We saw some aggression from him the other night, you know, mm. he's, he's, he's got the attitude, he's got everything, all the things are in his locker, but unfortunately, he seems to forget his key. You know, what I mean, he seems to forget key to his locker every now and again, or just yeah. pulls one thing out and leaves everything else inside, which you can't do in this team. So, yeah, he did well. He did really well, and I don't want to be critical of him. I know I am being, and I don't want to be, but it's just so easy, isn't it? You know, mm. and I don't. I'm not. I'm not taking Mickey, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Just wish he'd do it consistently, and he'd be he'd be a top end championship footballer. You know, if he did, if he played consistently to the the ability and level and work rate that he's got in his locker, he'd be a top end championship footballer. Don't know. Don't know. As we are, he's putting a transfer rest request and nobody's coming for him. Mm. Yeah, that's true. Um, I thought the other, I thought the same similar midfield. I thought the first twenty minutes, Barlas was decent. I thought Wiles had a good start to the game. But again, they just dominated those areas of the pitch. It just didn't allow them to get into the game. I, 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 I'm not even going to sit here and say they had bad games. They just didn't. They weren't allowed to play. We, we allowed Wigan to impose. They called them Wickham. 
Um, <laughs> I thought they, they they imposed themselves in their talk about us being physical and big strong physical team. They were a big strong physically oh, physically yeah. dominated us. Um, so I'm not going to lay into them too much. But let's have a praise on Chio. James McLean's having nightmares about him. Uh, <laughs> John Oxtoby, did you Good. see the McLean clashing? Let's talk about McLean with the fans at the end of the game. Embarrassing, yeah. Something was said to him mm. in the stand. I assume it was said. Um, yeah, essentially then refused to shake one his hand. Um, yeah, James McLean's pantomime villain. Uh, he plays into it. He, he thrives. Seems to thrive off it, Mick. But Chio got the better of it. I know he didn't, he didn't score, but Chio got the better of him on Friday night. Yeah, he did. He's got. Yeah, he, he has no answer to Chio. But then, to be fair, as far as McLean's concerned, he has no answer to very, very much, does he? Let's be fair. He's a bang average footballer. He's an absolutely bang average. Um, I've still managed a 12, 13 year career, though. He has, well, yeah, was, yeah, yeah. He was a very good player. He's lost I, his pace. Hey, ben, I I'm think not, he's I, a good player. I think he's a good player. I think that type of footballer is a good footballer. You know, you see Bannon do it. I think I think it's a, it's a good tactic. It, it works. He's, he's not fit to lace Bannon's boots. And Mick's saying that. Yeah. Mick's saying that. And that's me saying that. <laughs> Yeah, Mick, but, Mick, is that is that uh, like double strength Carlsberg you've got there? Yeah, come on, mate. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm no, not, you've I'm got it. Like, that. I'm not comparing yeah. him to. I'm not saying he's better than Bannon. I don't know. Is this? Did I say something in another language or something? Because I never is said that. But <laughs> no, you didn't mean or whatever. Yeah, I'll tell you what. I am disappointed in. I'm disappointed in our fans having a pop at him because you know what you're going to get. Why give him that? satisfaction why give him that pleasure because mm. the fact that it's on on internet now that Rotherham fans have been abusing him and everything else he, he, he thrives on that kind of thing um mm. the best thing to do with people like him is to completely ignore him and have no in, input with him whatsoever um but yeah well whatever you know he gets his five minutes of fame which I'm sure it'll make him happy for a bit um, yeah. and then he can go back to See, I don't, segment, he don't want that, that I think he does I think he plays football, and I think everyone's reading a little bit too deep into it. In my he opinion, off it, mate. honestly, thrives. Yeah. yeah, he does. Yeah, he does. But I don't. I, but I also think they'll go home and be very peaceful. And I don't think he'll be still be thinking about that fan. He, would, he had no intentions of going smacking that fan. He just wanted the the thought of mm. people think he was mm. going to do it. I, don't, right. you, I think he's. You might be right. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I am right. I can tell you right now because if you see it, like. <laughs> He's chatting around there and smacking, threatening like <laughs> Joe McLean did. <laughs> I quite, I like players like that, me. I like players like that because there's there's no one like that in football anymore, and it's crap. It genuinely is what, crap. I can't use the word I was going to say, but like, what? Yeah. <laughs> well, a player like a, uh, I'm not comparing him, but like a, from a mental standpoint, an attitude standpoint, like a Roy Keane or Vinnie Jones or someone that's going to clatter you and get the, the thing is, people up. The thing is, it's the opposite. He's it, it, the opposite of that. Roy Keane and why, things why like is, that. Why? It was all about. It was all about the game. It was all about. Yeah, it was hard, and he tackled people very hard. But the game was all that was important to him. He weren't bothered in mind games and stuff like that. Roy Keane, particularly, he just played the game. He got on with his football game. Then that was his football game. James McLean is not interested. And and there were so many times if you watch him closely against Chio, he does this thing where he pretends to foul. It looks good if he's going to try and foul you, but then don't do it. Broken would do that. Broken would just cleared you out. If you, yeah, not, I don't, I can't say what I can't find the words I want to say about James McLean, to be honest with you. I can, um, but I don't like him. 
obviously. I quite I like him. I can. I need to act his age. I quite like Needs to act his age. He's thirty-two years of age, and he's playing like a sixteen-year-old who's had a bit too much Monster Energy drink before playing yeah. a football game. And the way to try and impose himself is to try and give you a good kick in, but not in the sense of being a strong physical player like Roy Keane is. It's more of a, to give you a good kick in, to clean you out at game and make himself feel like a big man for cleaning you out of the game. I mean, there was a foul on Chio in the first half where he, he more or less cleaned Chio out. <clears throat> and for the rest of the half, Chio was a little bit standoffish of him. But in the second half, Chio was running into... It, well, it, it didn't because in the second half, Chio ran him into the floor, got him booked and then got him took off because he was going to get himself sent off because he'd lost his head. And that's the main reason it was kicking off because um, it was kicking off with a Rotherham fan who said something. We don't know what he said, but from what a few people say on social media, the video that he's doing the rounds, there is nothing racist or um, sectarian about the, the language that's used. It's just him being a man-child and trying to start on somebody. But he's trying to start on the fan. He's trying to start on the coach who said it was my decision to take you off because you were too rash. No, he weren't. He then refuses to check Warney's hand because he's just being a crybaby. And then he has to get dragged away by one of the other players, then goes and claps the Wigan fans. Um, I'm hearing rumblings that when he was getting took off, he squared up to Barlasser in the middle of the pitch. I didn't yeah, see it personally. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah exactly. He's, yeah. He's, a, he's a player that strives off winding you up but for the wrong reasons. Roy Keane used to wind mm. you up by being a strong physical player who, like you say, Matt, would just clean you out and he'd wind you up because he was a good footballer and you knew you wouldn't be able to get past him because he would just keep hitting you harder and harder. Same with Eric Cantona, he was the same as well. And the one time he lost his head, he got banned for it. But with James McLean, he seems to have this complex about him where he's like the mate you don't want to take out on a night out because if someone looks at him funny or sits in his seat, he'll go and have a scrap with him. That yeah. That's my picture of James McLean. But then compare it to our own Irishman who's from a similar neck of the woods, Georgie Kelly. He's one of the nicest blokes you could ever meet in your life. And I was, I was talking to my granddad about it, and bearing in mind he's 96, some of the language that he used was a little bit unkind. Um, but even he said, majority of Irish people are completely sound, lovely people, but you always get the one nutter. Yeah. And I think Jane McLean falls into the nutter category. <laughs> not not, not through his political beliefs or anything like that, just from his personality. I mean, he has done a bit of charity work and donated a fair bit of money. When it comes to a match day, he's a very rash character and he has a very, very short fuse. Which... It's got nothing to do with where he's from. It's got it's exactly. got zilch to do with where he's from. It's all about... It's, it's, it's Sunday morning football. That's where he mm. should be playing. You know, mm, yeah. so that it can it can have a have a scrap with everybody else who's 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 drunk from night before on a Sunday and, and turned up on a Sunday morning. You know, that's where he needs to be playing. It's professional football. This you don't go around smacking people. You don't go around abusing people. You don't go around having a pop at crowd or having a pop at ref or having a pop at other players or your own coach or whatever. And he does it. He does it time and time and time and time again. So that's why people don't like him. It's got nothing it, it, to do with anything else. He does it to make himself feel like the big man, but as soon as yeah, someone yeah. takes him down a peg, that's when he cries about it. For example, Kirk Broadfoot. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we can't disclose what exactly he said because of an NDA. But the one player who's took him down a peg, he's cried about it, and then he's got a however many game banned from it. Mm. But anyway, anyway, let's just leave it there and talk about more, can we? <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll finish on by saying I'm a big fan of Dan Barlas to get in his face as a running off pitch. Big, yes. big, big fan of that. Yes, well done, Dan. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs>
Yes. All right. Uh, I think we're just about done there. Is there, is there anything else we want to talk about the Wigan game? We're about done. It leaves, it, it leaves us nine points clear of McDonald's because they ended up beating uh, Sunderland. Six points clear of Wigan. With, uh, they have two games in hand. We have a game in hand to McDonald's. Um, it still leaves us in a really good position. Do you want to talk about the game we watched on Saturday? Mate? We, our, we, me and you watched, me and Ben watched <laughs> the last 25 minutes of the Wickham Cheltenham game. We turned it on at 4-3 to Wickham or 3-3? 3-3, weren't it? I think three, three. Yeah, 3-3 three, three or 3-2. I can't remember which other. Yeah, great, weren't it? It was great. Brilliant. Uh, it, well, what what was interesting, and it's something I thought I would never, ever see, and that was um, a Wickham player getting substituted and actually running off the pitch. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and I, I'll tell you something else I also saw, and, and Rotherham fans will not believe this. You'll not believe this, but this is actually true. The Wickham goalkeeper, Stockdale, actually, when the ball went out for a goal kick, picked it up, ran back to the six-yard box, mm-hmm. put it down and kicked it immediately. I know you'll not believe that, but that did genuinely happen. <laughs> it did. It did. I'm going to get uh, smacked one of these days. I'm going to have to, <laughs> to, to stay in house. <laughs> um, and Alfie May scored four for Cheltenham. Um, so he were brilliant. He, were, he was so good. Um, thankfully, we didn't play Cheltenham. It's interesting because when we played Cheltenham both times, they were completely utter garbage both times. Um, but then obviously it's got a five-four game, five-five game. So hats off to them. I said McDonald's beat Sunderland, um, Oxford beat Charlton, uh, Pigford <laughs> to the winner. Wait, Donny. Um, they weren't so bad. What, they weren't. They weren't so what bad. a win that was as well, eh? What a win. <laughs> anyway, anyway. And first time, first time they've come from behind to win away from home for six years. Six years. Six years allegedly. And and it and it had to be against Donny, isn't it? You know, the worst team in the league. Yeah, well, can't if you can do it, that's the only team you can do it against. Yeah, exactly. It's their, it's their cup final, though, isn't it? That's true. That's a fair point. Um Wednesday's not Donny's, by the way. Um one John Oxtoby says, Can we wish his son Harry Oxtoby a good luck tomorrow up, which is Monday, because he's playing in the under eights for Rotherham United um against Man U Brighton Southampton Wolves. Uh, Forest Green, etc. Good luck representing the Rotherham United. Yeah, yeah, is yeah best of luck, lad. So, good luck. Um, so, we play, as we said, we've got Morecambe coming to town Tuesday. We beat them 1 0 early on in the season. Uh, we've only ever met them in the league once at New York Stadium, and that was a Daniel Nariello double, uh, 2 1 win in 2012, October wow. 2012. Uh, ref Watch is Simon Mather or Mather. Um, he is an upcoming referee. It's his first season in the EFL. He was in the National League last season. Not a championship referee, everybody. So, yeah, don't panic. Um, Come on. So, yeah, upcoming ref, that's something to be hopeful about that he's being pushed through the system for the right reasons. Um, let's hope so. <laughs> um, the stats we have are for Morecambe are poor. They have the second worst defensive record in the, in the league, Danny. Uh, and we know they are a team that will fight. And I know they've got the odd bit of quality with Cole Stockton and Diego Ara and, 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 and a few others. But they are a team that can be got at, and they are very, very vulnerable at the back. Yeah, they are. I mean, they've won once in the last six, um, and I think they've lost three of the last five. I think uh, most recently was on February twelfth because the game against Shrews got called off on Saturday. Mm, um, yeah, they do have a fairly leaky defence, and I think the one thing that's keeping them propped up where they are in the league is probably the contributions of the front line. The one, the like. Um, 
like Oldham were in um, in League Two a few seasons ago, where they're really good at storing, but they've got a really leaky defence. You know, mm. and so it sort of just countermands each other. Um, and of course, Cole Stockton is a threat. I mean, he was the guy who was joked about. Everybody was after him in the transfer window when actually no one was because they knew they weren't going to be able to get him. Um, and I think he's second top scorer in the league he's behind top. Ross Stewart. Is he top? Yeah, Stewart scored the day, so it's probably not. I'll check while we're talking. Yeah. Uh, I think he's got 19. Yeah, so yeah he's, he's up there, isn't he? If, he, yeah. if I had to put my money on it, it would be Stewart, Stockton, Smith. So... Just to have that many goals in a side that's bottom end of mid-table, that's where their quality is and, you know, fair play to them for it. But I don't think he scored in the last couple of games, so fingers crossed he's in a rutter form and doesn't score against us. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I think we need to play our game smartly because we will be able to play our game more against Morecambe. I don't think <clears throat> they're a team that will try and frustrate us like uh, Wigan and Wickham do. I think they'll try and play their way, they'll play, try and play our way. And uh, we should be able to get through it. I think if we put pressure on their defence through a high press, it might upset them. Um, but then our back line just needs to keep an eye on their forwards. And I think if we do that, it could be rather fruitful for us. But I don't know. Someone says to me, Morecambe will bag a goal on Tuesday. I've got a funny feeling. I don't know if it's something I've eaten, but I've got a funny feeling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, you're right. Of course, I've not scored. It's scored one in five. Um, and that was against Bolton in that 1-1 one, one draw. Uh, he's, he, Danny's right. 20 goals for Stewart, 18, I think it said, for Stockton, 16 in the league for Smith. Um, so not for the first time tonight, Ben's wrong, unfortunately. <laughs> Wait, where most was I wrong? I don't know. I'll listen back to it tomorrow and text you. <laughs> All right. I'll be back four or five. Don't worry about it, mate. Don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> they only have one win in the last eight, which was the victory at Wickham. They will beat Wickham 3 2. Wickham scoring loads of goals. I can't believe this is the same <laughs> Wickham we played, you know. Um, they have the second worst away record in the division. Uh, only crew are worse than them. The concern with that is that crew picked up a point at New York Stadium. Um, long time ago, though, mate. Yeah, we're a different beast now, aren't we? To be fair. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I think we're already. Um, John Oxtoby, Crash, I want to know about. We'll talk about squad selection 2 2 off Ferguson for the next game. What were your thoughts on 2 2 when he came on, Mick? Friday? I thought you were a little bit anonymous to start with. Um, mm. But uh, he's, he's clearly got. Uh, they, basically, they did what they did to everybody else and took him out of the game, didn't they? You know, they just sort of snuffed out any, any threat that he might have. Um, so, yeah, I think it's, a, it's, it's not a bad shout. I think. Um, I think Fergie's not running on empty, but he'll not far off be running on empty if he if he plays Saturday, Saturday Tuesday, you know, or continues to play Saturday, Tuesday. So it, it's a game where it, it is an option. Um, he looks like a promising player from the little bits that we've seen mm -hmm. of him. He's certainly obviously very pacey. So but yeah, I, I wouldn't have a problem with that. In fact, I'm, I, might even, uh, I might even include that in my fan hub prediction. Mm, look at you. Hey, I'm, uh, I'm an expert, mate. I've got 11 out of 11 twice. Okay, I've got, I've got 11 out of 11 on on Friday. Oh, oh, I think a lot of people would on find up to be fair. I've got to make, make up for the fact I've got to put my proper home address in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Harvey Kelwick suggests he wouldn't be surprised if Angus play on Tuesday for Wood. And that's another question that's worth asking, Ben, is 
Warren doesn't like to play Woody too much. It's three games in a week. He often doesn't play Woody in all three. The, the counter argument to that is that we played Friday. We didn't, we're not playing Saturday, Tuesday. We're Friday, Tuesday. What what do you expect to see in, in terms of back three lineup? I'd rest him. <clears throat> uh, I'm not a big fan of resting players, um, but he's, what, 37? It's cool. I, it, yeah. I think you make exceptions when it comes to age, but if he wants to play, let him play. Um, I think it comes down to him, how he feels, obviously. But if, if, uh, I would personally rest him. But like mm. I said, if he wants to play, then play. Okay. That's fair enough. Can you see any other changes, Danny? Um, would you still keep Freddie and Smith up top? Uh, no, I'd bring KO'd him for Freddie. I think I think um, <clears throat> after Freddie did play well in the first half, I mean, there was one instance where he ran down the right-hand side like a man possessed. And I don't think I've ever seen Freddie move that quickly. It was like, have we brought somebody on here? Yeah. Is that still Freddie? But, you know, fair play to him on that. But in the second half, he sort of dropped off a little bit. And I think KO would put himself about really well mm. when he came on. Um, so I can see KO coming in. Uh, maybe not a start for Aussie 2-2, but certainly bring him in for Ferguson later in the game to inject that bit of pacing because he's dangerous on that left-hand side. As soon as he starts gelling with the team a little bit more, he will be a danger. Um and I can see the argument for Angus coming in, maybe shift Icky into the centre and have Angus on that left-hand side. Um, again, it all comes down to, is he ready to start a game? You know, maybe, do we want a few reserve games under his belt to go? Or do we say, right, play for, I don't know, 60 minutes. And if you run out of steam, we can bring Maktik on, potentially. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, probably keep midfield the same, depending on how fit and healthy everybody is maybe bring Lindsay in as a backup um but other than that yeah i think only two i can really see changing is if angus is ready why not and probably ko'd in up front other than that keep it same yeah and it's also worth mentioning because i'm not i don't know how many people met saw this angus mcdonald got booked on friday night what as the referee went down the tunnel I, I just Angus was still waiting for him, and Angus has gone right in ref's face and just started clapping right in his face. <laughs> and got booked. <laughs> I just spotted anywhere, but he definitely got booked. Poor lad's obviously feeling left out, isn't he? I, I need to message Angus on Instagram and say, you know what, fair play, pal, well done. <laughs> Listen, this, I understand this is the longest he's gone in his career in the season without getting booked. So, yeah, it's got to be yeah. done. It had to be mentioned. Uh, it's not even. It's not even on live scores. Live scores, I haven't picked it up. But I, I, hundred percent, he got booked. Yeah. Or certainly did. Or somebody. Did. If it were Angus, it was somebody else. It looked. It, well, I'm, I'm ninety-nine percent sure it was Angus. So that's um, exceptional. Shall let me check. Um, <laughs> I'm a player, Angus, you beast. Um, <laughs> we, we thought we couldn't love him a bit more. He goes and does that. What a guy. What an absolute guy. Um, Paul Brock about like Georgie Kelly on the bench. We went defensive on the bench on Friday, mate. Bowler, I think Bowler was on there, and we only to put him on when, when we need it. George Kelly was doing the fitness test, which is he was there, so he's not injured yeah. or anything like that. This might be the perfect game to put him on the bench and give him those 20 minutes. And if we're 3 0 up, which we could be, I'm not saying we are, we're not trying to be arrogant, but we could be 3 0 up mm. we had an hour. If that's the case, the last 20 minutes would be perfect. Yeah, we'll be for Angus. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, definitely. We'll have to wait and see. I think we'll see a different bench on. Um, on Tuesday night, I'm I'm not convinced how much 
difference there's going to be in the actual uh, starting eleven, but we'll we'll wait and see on that. But I suspect the bench will be different. I think Freddie got to start for me on Tuesday. I think he's got to give him that opportunity to to maintain the level that he's he's been playing at. And if he doesn't, then you know we're back to square one, aren't we? But uh, for yeah. me, I think he starts. That's fair enough. Um, ben, we'll do some predictions now. Bear with me. Nobody got the Wigan predictions right, but I was the only one that predicted a draw. So I'm going to declare myself the winner on that one. No, no. Well, the map. How it is, is it? It's how it's going to be, is it? <laughs> yeah, it's a dictatorship, not a democracy, this podcast. So with that in mind, let's go for some predictions. Uh, ben, score predictions. Donna says, score prediction for Tuesday. Ben, if you get it spot on with the minutes of the goals as well, she, the offer still stands that she will give you the... Well, I don't know if anyone remembers this, but I got it banged on <laughs> last year. Absolutely banged on. Do you remember it? I said, Icky, last minute goal, 1-0. It was the first time we ever predicted it, and I got it banged on. Like, yeah, you can't write that kind of stuff, can you? But, this, uh, um, Donna will correct yeah. me, but I'm pretty sure this is not a retrospective um, offer. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Uh, ben, ben, we oh. have played over sixty games since then. Yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah. And it still happened. Anyway, Ben, it's, it still happened. I got it bang on. I got it absolutely <laughs> bang on. No one's got it that clean since. No. Yeah, that's fine. But no one got it that. No one's got it that clean since. No one's got it that. What's wrong with you? Yeah, but sorry. Uh, cool. um, uh, ben, so we want score and minutes of all three. If you give, you can give scores if you like, but I don't. Two, well, you don't have to. Two, um, two nil. Ah, uh, two nil. Smith on the fifty-third minute and uh, Wiles eighty-third. Okay, so you did decide to give scores. Well done. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Oh Ben, I love you, mate. I'm glad, I'm glad you're on wheels, mate. I'll be honest with you. It's brilliant. Um <laughs> Steve Cooper, 3-0 to, to the Millers, Brian Vernon, 3-0 as well. Scott Grundy says 2-1. Paul Brook says 2-1. I'm a player says 7-2. Um that is ambitious, but brilliant. Good lord. Yeah, I, I can't see this one seem too good. Um Josh Fletcher, someone's due a batter in 5-0. Andy Hunt thinks it's gonna be a very scrappy game, 2-1. Uh, Harvey Kellick, 3-0 as well. Uh, Mick, you're talking this. I meant to ask you first, but go on, prediction. Oh, I had time to think about it, mate. Um, Three-one. I think we'll. I think we'll. I think we may concede again. Uh, Three-one. I ain't got a clue who's going to score or what time. If I did, I'd. Uh, you're not going to stream podcast because they just banged a bet on and uh, banged my house on a bet and they're uh, living back in Wales now. You mean, you mean staying in Wales, staying where you are? Sorry, remaining here in my house <laughs> that you can see in Wales, in my very Welsh house. As you can see right. in the background there, there's a, a the yellow, the uh, the green and red and white of the uh, the Welsh flag, as you can see. Mm. I reckon it's a green screen that's in that car park. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, brilliant. Uh, tip top 2-0. Uh, John Ox to be 3-1. Power Mad UK 3-0. Donna goes 4-0. Uh, but then Brooks Simcox with the style I like. 10-0. I like it, Brooke. Uh, Reg, Reg IOC, the only person so far I think that's not given us a win. He's, Reg IOC thinks it's going to be 1-1. Uh, Andy Wignall, 2-0. Uh, Chris Tether says 3-0. He would save Woody for the weekend, move Icky inside, put uh, Matic on the left and Kelly on later. I'm going to go with uh, what 
Chris Taylor said 3-0. Uh, I agree with it. Basically, everything he said, Kelly later on, uh, would, be, would be very, very nice. John Morell, a Birmingham fan, thinks it's going to be 3-1 to the Millers. Power hey, match. After a Birmingham sign, John. <laughs> um, so there we are Danny last man on the list to ask what are your predictions for what day Sunday what are you choosing for Tuesday night is it Sunday time we play. Um, I'm going to say 3-1 I mean we have to concede 20 goals at some point this season yeah. Um, so yeah I'm going to say 3-1 to us I like your style I've got the band skip admin today after that next time um, there we go uh, thank you, everybody, who has put thing, some questions in. We've not got through everybody's questions, but we will go through some stuff in the future. That in the last episode, my episode, we will do that again. We'll get, we've already got a few people interested coming on in future episodes. We will do that. We'll bring fans on where we aren't playing Saturday, Tuesday. Because, like I said, we've got an hour and ten minutes today, and it wouldn't be fair to sort of bring one of you guys on and rush you off and things like that. So, mm. when we've got more time, I really enjoyed it, and I think it's. I hope, I hope everybody else enjoyed it. We have some good feedback from everybody else, so we will continue doing that. If you are interested, feel free to get in touch. People already have a few people lined up future episodes. If you're interested, come on, let us know, and we'll do the same sort of thing that we did the other day. Uh, ben, we've not even had time to talk about your Super Bowl last Sunday, so that's a shame. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. What a shame. Yeah, Rams won. Anyway, anyway, the jersey I'm wearing, I don't really want to talk about it. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> no. But we, did, you, did you get some snacks sorted for it? I made some kicking wraps. Ooh, look at you. And, uh, by yourself. <laughs> made it myself. Yeah, by myself. Wow. Yeah, made it myself. It's not hard, is it? Chicken wraps. I, mean, fair. I can do. I can do a chicken wrap. Hey, I can cook more than you, Mick. <laughs> anyway, oh, we'll see about that. Move on. Um, <laughs> thank you all for joining us. As always, we very much appreciate it. We will be back on. Thursday, back on Thursday night live on YouTube, but Friday morning for the podcasters, uh, for the audio podcast, as the, one of the big journeys of the season comes up with our guy on Saturday. So. Oh, goody. Well, good, <laughs> good luck, everyone, on that one. Um, if you haven't already subscribed, please subscribe on the YouTube page. That's going up and up and up and up, and we really appreciate everyone's support. And the last few episodes on the audio have been some of the highest listened to as well. So, again, thank you, everybody. We really appreciate everything you're doing for us and I hope you enjoy what we're doing for you as well. Um, subscribe, like, subscribe, give us a five-star rating. You know what I'm saying. Every episode we go through the same thing and you are doing it, so thank you. Um, Michael, uh, I hope Wales is nice for you. It's beautiful, as you can see. <laughs> With the blinds. As you can see behind me. It's, um, it's a beautiful place, is Wales. Uh, ben, you will not be at the game Tuesday and you won't be in the next podcast. So, whenever I see you next, yeah. I'm sure it'll be a, uh, a better day. <laughs> Thank you, I guess. Uh, okay. <laughs> Danny. Oh, Danny, it's been a good episode. I've enjoyed this. Thank you for coming, mate. Yeah, no worries. It's been a pleasure. We've got to rant about <clears throat> referees, players, linesmen, all sorts. It's been a cracking day. As Donna London, and this is a good one. Can we please create a jingle for some uh, someone for Mick's rants? <laughs> if anyone wants to create a jingle for Mick's rants, send it into the email rucpod at gmail.com. Send it in, and we will definitely use it. Definitely use it. That's a great idea. Thank you, Donna. Um, cheers, everybody, and we will see you next time. Oh, whoa, watch the vlog. Watch Danny's match day vlog. Sorry, everybody. Danny's match day vlog is up there. Really good, worth worth watch. Um, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, please, please excuse time. me shouting at Curtis Till, but we'll see you next time, guys. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>
The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.